All right. Hey, okay. here we are. Here we are. Here we are. I knew we'd get there. So sorry. So sorry for the delay. Oh, you know how tech is. Comedy of errors. Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 249. Your once week live here for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm and Jeff. News. I'm Steve. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. You can also catch clips of the show over on my second channel, Craft Extra. Go check out the link down below and subscribe. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, sometimes some Star Trek. All Super Chats are right on the air, so long as they will not permanently demonetize the channel. We do drink alcohol on the show, and if you're drinking along with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the chat and we'll give some early show shoutouts as we go along. Last but not least, if you'd like to take part in the super secret chat and the even more super secret after party, think about joining the mm -hmm. Patreon. Link is also down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to my Discord server. You can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and take part in the awesome community that hangs out over there. And they do hang out. They do hang out. They do hang out. Yes. <laughs> all kinds of things hanging out over there. Whew. Let it all hang all out. Kinds of, all, all kinds of hanging. <laughs> ah, how's it going, Steve? Ah, it's going good. It was a little hectic getting getting this all set up. Yep. Uh, got a new camera, got a new mic. Still got the same old headset for, for sound, but working yeah. on it. Hopefully this looks better than it did last time I was on. I think it did. Uh, uh, do you have it on the arm by any chance? See, see if you can bring it closer. We'll see if we can cut some of that echo out. Oh, uh, uh, I do have the mic it on arm. the arm. Okay. Right there. How's that? that a little better? A lot better, yeah. Oh, okay, there we go. Yeah, I, I gave Steve a new mic, and uh, so we're, we're and a new camera, so we're testing out mm -hmm. the waters with some new gear. <laughs> Um, Got to work on the lighting and everything like that. I look a little yep. red, but yeah. What am I not a little red? Right. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll anyway, it's gonna be a good show. It's gonna be a busy show. Holy crap! Yes, is yes. there we some got news? A lot to of stuff to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and start off the show the best way we know how. Uh, yeah. Steve, what do you got on tap tonight? Okay, today I got. From one of my favorites and a Pacific Northwest favorite, Great Notion, we have the Augie, which is a 7% hazy IPA, which I don't, it doesn't say exactly which hops are in here, but Great Notion always makes really good hazy, so I'm positive yes. this is going to be good. I looked it up on Untapped. It was a 4.2, I believe, or 4.17, something close to that. Nice. And, uh... I have a from from Zogel House because I kind of wanted to mix it up a little bit because I'm kind of burnt out in IPAs. This is a a collab from Zogel House and Wayfinder, deconcocted Dunkelweizen. Deconcocted. So, uh, decocted, 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 <laughs> not decocted. I don't know. It's a Dunkelweizen. It's a German beer, so yeah. um a good change of pace. This was rated pretty high too, so I decided to grab nice. this. Very cool. And just in case, if I'm super thirsty, uh, just an old standby, the Alphadelic IPA Ooh. by uh, Hop Valley. That is an excellent standby, if ever there was. It one. is an excellent. Standby. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, I usually go Hop Valley uh, Cryo Stash. That's usually like I've usually right. got a 12 pack of that around. 
Yeah, I like Crown Stash, uh, and I would have grabbed that, but I drank it all. So, <laughs> <laughs> understandable. Uh, let's see. I've got a couple that I have not tried before. Uh, one of them is from Noctum Artisan Browries, or Brassures, something like that. Uh, this is a beer from uh, Quebec, from Canada. Uh, this was sent in. Gosh, I'm drawing a blank on his name now. Adam? Adam? Adam, I think. I think it's Adam. Uh, this is the Double Catnip IPA. Oh, nice. I love the can. I love That's... the can art on this one. It is absolutely really fantastic. Uh, so I've not had this one. And uh, again, Adam, thank you. <laughs> I hope it was Adam. Uh, sorry, I got like four beer packages lately, so it's kind of hard to keep them all straight. Uh, this one I saw in the store recently. It's a new one from Two Town Cider House over in Bend. Uh, and this is the Dragon's Day Off. Uh, it's a tropical dragon fruit cider, 5.2%. Ooh, so, sounds, I, I've had a dragon fruit cider from uh, Atlas, and that one's really good, too. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah. No. No, Atlas makes good stuff. Yeah. No, I had a, I had a friend who was doing some work, and uh, he was doing some work at some bar that was like closing down, and they had a bunch of leftover stuff. And uh, he's Mormon, so he doesn't drink. And so I guess the guy gave him like this whole giant box of cider. And nice. he's like, I don't drink. You can have it. And so I just, that's got this Atlas cider in there. That's where they had the dragon fruit one in there. And they had like a apple cinnamon one in there. They had all different kinds of flavors and they're all pretty good. Nice. So very cool. Uh, we do have a couple pre-show pre -show super chats. Uh, Kren chimes mm -hmm. in with his usual five Aussie bucks. Good day. Good day. How's it going, Kren? And then Cosworth chimes in with $2. Uh, at, uh, at you, Steve, uh, Pitter Patter yeah. Bud. That's right. Yes, I know. I got a pitter-patter. Let's get at her. Yep. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to start with the cider. I think that one is oh, yeah. going to be a little bit better cold. So yeah. we'll crack that open. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, do the IPA or Dunkelweizen first. Ooh. I'd always uh, go Dunkel you know, first I'm, if it was me. I'm going to go Dunkel first. Yeah, yeah. I'm leaning yeah. towards Dunkel. So, very, very bright red. I would show you what this looks like, but I got a skull here, so it's not... Uh... <laughs> Again, drinking from the skull of your enemies. Um, um, yep, exactly. You should see the other devil chicken. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we do have a what's, couple what's... of people uh, chiming in with uh, some beers that they're drinking. Beverage in hand, New Belgium Voodoo Ranger. That's from Sean. Uh, oh, that's we've, good. we've got uh, Novella Hub with an alchemist from Heavy Totter, uh, Heavy Topper, uh, Heady Topper. There we go. Uh, I actually almost pulled that one out of my fridge. I have one of those on standby. Uh, Brian's got a Knob Creek 12. Neat. Excellent oh, choice. Nice. Uh, Michael's got an Elysian Space Dust. That's always a good one. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. And I... Oh, and... We'll do uh, two more. Rom's got a coffee, because Rom's got a work, yo. Yeah. Uh, and Brett is drinking a uh, uh, Balvenie Doublewood 12-year scotch. Wow. Nice. Nice. All these 12-year-olds. Yeah. 
It's a good thing it's kid-friendly. All these 12-year-olds on here. And Elmas chimes in with a thousand yen. Thank you. Wow, uh, thank you. Uh, Oyagazuma? I think I pronounced that close. Uh, I have a couple friends who do speak Japanese. Uh, uh, anyway, says, good morning. Uh, just drinking coffee since I'm still stuck in Japan. Well, good morning. There you go. And Alice chimes in with five bucks. Boy, the super chats keep rolling, and we're gonna Golly. not get to any news. Look at not that. that I'm not that I'm complaining, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Alice chimes in with five bucks. Thank you, Alice. Uh, uh, decoction is a traditional German brewing technique in which a portion of the mash is boiled in order to heat the rest of the mash. Ah. So okay. it's so halfway what... between distilling. It's uh, it's heat fermenting. Uh, yes. Yeah. That, that's why I didn't know what that word was. Yeah, you bring it to a light <laughs> okay. okay. Yes. Okay, yeah. It, it's a reduction of the mass. Or the mash, excuse me. Cool. Cool, now we know the German word for it. Uh, all right. Uh, usually we, we banter for like 15 minutes before we actually get into things. Right. There's so much on the plate today, we're going to dive right in, even though it's already oh, yeah. 6.20. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, for those who use Plex servers, uh, Plex has uh, announced that they uh, suffered a breach this last week. Uh, a third party accessed quote, a limited subset of data that includes emails, usernames, and encrypted passwords. Uh, the good news about this is they were hashing their passwords and the encryption key was not stolen, uh, but they did get uh, uh, emails and usernames that are associated with your Plex account. Um, that's usually not the worst, like if a, if a service is gonna be breached, Plex is one of the last ones that I would really be concerned about uh, right. compromising me financially or something like that. And so as far as services go, it's still a breach, but it's not, you know, it's not Target gave up 2.3 right. billion credit card numbers again. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, standard procedure applies. Uh, reset your passwords, rotate your passwords even better and make sure that uh, you log out of all of your existing devices. In fact, Plex has the option, if you log into their website, plex.tv, uh, log in with your account, you can change your password and then force a logout for all uh, devices that remember your password automatically. So you'll have to go and sign back into everything, but your password will be completely changed. Right. Yeah. So that is definitely the way to do it. Uh, good on Plex for handling this as quickly as they did. Uh, oh yeah, they, getting ahead of it was great. Yeah, this is the way you disclose a breach because breaches happen. It, it, it's a part of doing business on the internet anymore. You're gonna be a target no matter how big or small you are. And, or maybe someone just downloaded something and, and partially gave away a list or they sent a spreadsheet with with some some information on it or they were doing a database transfer and it went through a third party those are all considered breaches it doesn't necessarily have to be black hats you know hacking into the matrix but it could be true yeah right but they discovered this last week and then they alerted us today and so like five days was all it took from breach to remediation to to disclosure 
that's the way you handle things. So good on you, Plex, and uh, keep your passwords safe out there, everyone. Oh yeah, I switched mine already. Yep. I told everybody who have uh, who, who share accounts with me. Yep. <laughs> I gave them the updated password. Oh, well, I have two people. Share accounts? Okay. What? <clears throat> I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> Within your house, right? Like you let your wife know what? that password change. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. That is that quite thing? good. <laughs> it yeah. took me by surprise. I was just like, yeah, it's a cider. I'll, I'll drink it. That's quite good. Uh, it's almost got like this deep, rich pie cherry uh, mm-hmm. kind of tones oh, nice. to it. Um, yeah. Tropical, obviously dragon fruit. The dragon fruit's mm-hmm. there, but like I said, as far as tartness goes, it, it kind of bites the back of your tongue just a little bit to let you know it's there. I like it. This is a good one. Yeah. No, this this dunkle is actually really. It's probably one of the best dunkles I've had. Um, it's it's kind of it's not because I've had some that were kind of like overly roasty. Mm-hmm. This one's just slightly roasty, and it kind of has that um, uh, kind of um, banana esters at the end and everything like that. Just a little bit, yeah. kind of like how some hefeweizens are and how mm-hmm. some Belgians are. It's kind of got that slight esters at the end. It's really good. Good spice esters. Yeah, that, that all spice, a little bit of banana. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, it's really good. It's been it's a while quite, since quite I've had a pace, yeah. It's been a while since I've had a good dunkle. I I need to go go find one. <laughs> yeah, try that one then if you can find it. Yeah. Kaiser, Kaiser Liquor Store. Yep. Ooh. I'll swing by. Yeah. I mean, I drove by it today. Come on. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why I went there. <laughs> uh Next up, Apple has made some announcements to their self-repair program. And normally I don't like sharing Verge articles. I tried to find another source to it, but Verge actually did some decent journalism, which is kind of a shock as they're just kind of a... (laughs) They don't do a lot of journalism these days. (laughs) Uh, But uh, they went through and they found all of the Apple repair manuals and they itemized the price for each component inside some of the more recent MacBooks. Uh, Apple, in part of their announcement, has uh, made available part replacement parts for uh, all of their M1 MacBooks, M1-powered MacBooks. So you've got the, the original M1 MacBook Air and MacBook Pro from 2020. You've got the Mac Mini. You've also got uh, the 14-inch MacBook Pros that just came out, 14 and 16s. And uh, Apple released a full, not only full parts list for all of the different configurations, they also have uh, a complete teardown and blow up, uh, blown up disassembly guide for which screw goes where. As much as I don't like it, I give kudos to Apple for at least the, like, this is the disassembly uh mm-hmm. this is it all blown out here's all the parts here's all the screws here's where they go here's how you use them i will give apple kudos for that i'm not letting them off the hook though because again my suspicion is that apple is doing just enough to keep regulators from enforcing right to repair in law and we all know that uh was it new york or massachusetts i think it was massachusetts 
passed a right to repair bill that Apple now has to abide by to do business in the state of Massachusetts. Um, it was one of those two. But what Apple doesn't want to happen is that law to take play or to be put on the books in California or New York or something like that, because then it becomes a global issue. Because as California goes, usually go national policy. It's the way the states work. Anyway, uh, they expanded their, their self-service program. Oops. As I close the window instead of uh, clicking it. So <laughs> let's, let's take a look at, this is straight off Apple's website. This is support.apple.com. Uh, and here we can see repair manuals for a lot of current products. Mac Studio 2022, MacBook Air M2 2022. We've got iPhones on here. We've got the MacBook Air M1. This is my laptop. This is the, the 2020 M1 13-inch right. MacBook Pro. Let's, let's take a look at that repair manual. Loads up in a PDF, no login necessary. So far, so good. Uh, let's scroll down just a little bit here. So here is the full blown up disassembly part by part guide. This is every screw, every hinge, every component that is inside a MacBook Pro. There's only 24 parts. That's all there is yeah. because everything else is soldered to the board. So there's complaint number one. And if we go down here, we can see the logic board options. You've got your M1, eight core CPU, eight core GPU, eight gigabytes and 256 gigs of DDR memory. Uh, right. Or sorry, unified system memory. Uh, uh, in my opinion, those should never be soldered to anything because those are both easily user upgradable, standardized, and if they die, they're the cheapest components inside your PC to replace. So Apple needs to separate storage and memory. They won't, but they need to. They won't. Secondly, yeah, you can if see... It, if, it, if it dies, they can't sell you another one that way. Right. Yeah. Secondly, you can see all of these different configuration options, starting from the base 8-core, eight 8-core eight GPU, 8 gigs of RAM, and 256 uh, storage. That's actually the model that I purchased. I purchased the base model because I didn't need that much local storage, and 8 gigs of RAM is more than fine for running OBS and a couple of things that I do remotely. Cool. Uh, however, I could have upgraded all the way to the 16 gig and two terabyte internal storage model. Okay. Now let's remember that. Let's go back a couple pages. Uh, go back to the verge. Now, if we go to this website, which is not on Apple's website, but this, this is an Apple-hosted site, uh, selfservicerepair.com. Here, you can select what product you have. So let's say the logic board in my MacBook Pro died. Okay, I'm gonna select Mac. If I select my MacBook Pro 13-inch M1 2020, hey, there it is. Now you need to enter your serial number. You can't just order a part which means if you're a dealer, you have to do this one by one per customer. You can't have a logic board on the shelf to swap in right. for a customer same day. Uh, also, I typed mine in earlier and it doesn't seem like I could order an upgraded motherboard. I can only order the original parts that shipped with my laptop. 
even though it's the same physical thing and they change a couple of chips out with more RAM and or more storage, the model you bought is the model you can buy. You cannot do anything else. Do they have, do you have to register your serial number in order to have that associated with you in order to buy parts? Because uh, you can get leaked serial numbers out there for all different configurations out there, and you just punch them in and order away whatever you want. Uh, let's zoom in a little bit. The serial number is required and will be shared with Apple. This number must be from the device that is being repaired, or you may encounter issues that prevent the completion of the repair. Part of this is probably Apple is going to take note of the devices that have been repaired and mm -hmm. stop multiple repairs per device. Uh, number two, they are uh, they are actually charging core charges to refund or to ship your part back, very similar to like a car battery. Right. Which means the logic boards for the M1 MacBook Pro from 2020 start at $859. So if I go back Ugh. here, uh, let's look at the M1 MacBook Pro from 2020. Uh, we can find a display will cost $527 because it is a fused glass LCD assembly. Uh, if we scroll down, logic board starts at $790. They're charging over or almost $300 for a core charge for you to return your logic board as faulty. $499.84 after your core charge credit. $800 for a logic board for a laptop that was $1,100 brand new almost three years ago now. Yeah. Does that not make sense to anyone else? No, it doesn't. Because you could probably find a used one at that point. Mm-hmm. For that much right so, so i mean I, I guess they're 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 opening it up and that's kind of good but they're kind of still doing some shady stuff it's not exactly super right. easy to use and they're putting restrictions on it and now the other piece an arm and leg. now the other piece to this is remember the the t1 chip the t1 and the t2 encoding mm -hmm. chips which are the security chips that handle the information passing between like the fingerprint power button and the logic board itself. So all of the encryption is done on the touch controller, on the touch ID board. That is then transmitted to the T1 chip and there's a handshake that has to take place both between the T1 and the fingerprint sensor. If they don't match up, you, that that button doesn't work. It's not work, yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think that Apple would do if you bought a uh, motherboard from a third party. You have to register the serial number with them so they can encode mm -hmm. the T2 chip themselves so your Touch ID button will work. You cannot yep. go to a non-authorized repair. You can either do it yourself or yeah. you can send it to Apple. Mm -hmm. And it's the same price either way. That's not an option. That's, that's a crap option. Uh, yeah. The whole point to right to repair is that the repair industry is open. It's it's an open book and you can compete within the market. Apple, once I buy a product from you, you don't own it anymore. I get to decide what I do with it. Yeah. And 
as a manufacturer of consumer electronics or most goods and services for that matter, you should be required to provide replacement parts for X number of years. I don't know what that is. That's probably beyond my pay grade, but I would say probably three to four years would be pretty reasonable At least, yeah. for, for laptops so. and things like that. Yeah. You know, so don't drop the right to repair issue. Don't think it's going away because, oh, look, Apple's selling parts now and, and they itemize them all and, and it's still exorbitant. It's still first party only. They are cutting out third party repair. You have mm -hmm. to do it yourself. And the prices are beyond ridiculous. Yeah. Six hundred dollars I mean, almost for an LCD that's screen. That's kind of, but that's. I mean, are you surprised, really, with Apple? Come on. I mean, uh, am I they, surprised? They always charge no, no, no. But I mean, it's still ridiculous. I mean, yes, I agree. So, but not surprising. Not surprising, though. So yeah, uh, if I do one thing on this channel, it is promote right to repair, because. What happened if Absolutely. NVIDIA locked down these Absolutely. enterprise cards? What happens oh, if yeah. AMD and their epic motherboard tie-ins with, with Dell and HP and their, their fusible buses and things? That's BS too. So mm -hmm. I, I'm, a, I'm an anti-e-waste. You can call me a dumpster diver. That's totally fine. <laughs> Hackers have been called worse. <laughs> uh, but I mean, a third of my server content, if not two-thirds of my server content is used equipment. What if yeah. all this equipment was locked out to third parties, to was closed source? That's what Apple does. Yeah, and that's not good. No. Anyway, uh, we do have another super chat from Tech Geek. Thank you very much, my friend. $50 coming my way. Evening, gents. Fired Monday for my IT job for some BS. A select few Thanks. were looking for a reason to make me look bad. My old supervisor said if it were up to her, it wouldn't have happened. Honestly, not even mad. It was super stressful there. You know, sometimes that yeah. can... Uh, sometimes the door is open for us, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. So hope it all works out for you. Hope you're able to, to land on your feet and job hunting goes well. But yeah, I understand management and cultural shifts and oh, no yeah. longer welcome. And I get it. <laughs> yeah, especially if it's a stress-filled job, I'm sure there's more of a relief. Yeah. Now, and also, if he was if he was let go, meaning he was laid off, I don't know if there was a severance package. Sometimes that's nice. He could take a couple weeks off. Yeah, it's like a vacation. Isn't you know? Take a month to for another sabbatical. Job. Yeah. Yeah. I almost said spagatical. Spagatical. That's, I cannot that's where put you take letters in the. I'm dyslexic. The <laughs> word, but mouth today. No, no. That's that's fine. It's it's where yeah. you take a month to just eat spaghetti. It's yeah. a spaghetti. <laughs> spaghetti. What's a spaghetti? <laughs> All right. Let's see. This one is hilarious. This story is absolutely hilarious. Uh, did you get a chance to read this article, Steve? I did not. I I, okay. I okay. I saw that we had a whole bunch, and I was tr so busy trying to get this camera to work right. Uh, I didn't get a chance to read anything. Okay, so this is an official CVE. So this has been issued an actual ticket mm -hmm. and bug report uh, by an unknown PC manufacturer. Okay, the bug is that old laptops will spontaneously die 
when exposed to Janet Jackson. Okay? That's the title. That's the title. And I went, well, that's what? really stupid. Like, why? We you scroll down. Janet Jackson doing the exposing. Yeah. Uh, so, certain OEM laptop drives, 5400 RPM laptop drives, singled out by a single OEM PC manufacturer, uh, can allegedly be forced to crash when exposed to Janet Jackson's 1989 Rhythm Nation. It's not just Janet Jackson, it's one it's the song. Rhythm it's Rhythm Nation. It's Rhythm Nation. Mm -hmm. uh, so, this was disclosed by a Microsoft software engineer named Raymond Chen in a blog post last week. And it's actually been issued a, a CVE. It has a Microsoft bug report, uh, which is just hilarious to me. Anyway, according to Chen, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just read this directly. I'm not going to riff on this at all, okay? CVE 2022-38392 was originally discovered by, quote, a major PC computer manufacturer. Uh, it can affect not just the laptop playing the song, but adjacent laptops from other PC companies as well. So not just the laptop itself playing it through Windows Media Player, if you set another laptop next to it, it could crash that laptop. So this has to do with acoustics then, or, or, or the sound waves. Yes. I, I, right? Okay. Yes, it, it has to do with the acoustics. Uh, the laptops would crash because the hard drives would become unstable because Rhythm Nation used some of the same natural resonant frequencies of of the internal hard drives. They were basically hitting the overtones and resonant frequencies and the platters would rattle. I guess that kind of makes sense. I mean, yeah. I'm not making this up. I mean, How... yes, they, they have people who could who could sing a certain tone and they can make glass shatter, right? Right. Okay, it, so that it, makes yeah, sense. Same, same principle. Same, same concept. Yeah, same concept. Right. It, it's, the, it's the Nikola Tesla, you know, earthquake machine generator. Mm -hmm, it, it's mm -hmm. that kind of thing, which Mythbusters did do mm -hmm. a show on where they took they a linear actuator, put it on a bridge, and they could vibrate water 100 yards away. So yeah. resonant frequency is a real thing. Um could it bring down a bridge? Probably not, at least not on the scale that they were testing. Uh, yeah. Can you shatter glass? Yes, you can oh, yeah. shatter glass. Oh, you can. Uh, not just from pressure, but from hitting the resonant frequency where, like the waves just, of an ocean. It just hits it just right. Just hits it, it hits just it just right, right yeah. and it moves more yeah. than its crystalline structure will allow it to move, and it shatters. Well, you know, those disc platters, there's not much wiggle room. There's not no. much wiggle room on those things. So you need to get an older hard drive. So you get those heads, heads buried in those discs and that could screw things up. Yeah. So if you, I would love to recreate this issue. I want to see this work. <laughs> um, we have to find the exact make and model of the laptop they're talking about. Right. Either the laptop or the drive or something. And back in something. those days, it, by, uh, so... Uh, by the way, this certain 5400 RPM OEM hard drive as shipped with laptop PCs in approximately 2005. That's as, that's as far as you can narrow it down. <laughs> so one certain model of 5400 RPM OEM hard drive as shipped with some laptop PCs approximately in 2005. <laughs> that's an old, that's an old hard drive. 
it's not amazing. But the fact that there's, people, the <laughs> the fact that there's people still out there using that, a laptop from 2005 that still has these original hard drives in it, mm-hmm. and they're rocking it to Janet Jackson. That's how they figured this out. <laughs> Zachary <laughs> says 20 bucks, it's a Toshiba. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's probably I, a good guess. I would say that's a good guess. Ooh. You know, from the from the era that it is, it could be Toshiba because Toshiba was making laptops and mm-hmm. specifically was making laptops with pretty beefy sound systems in them, including like some rocker dials for your volume control on the laptop. Like I I dealt with a number of them uh, that had spinning Toshiba OEM drives in it. I very much wonder if it was a Toshiba drive. Uh, they were some it, of the first. It HP and Toshiba were some of the first to start putting premium audio systems into their laptops, you know, branding Harman Kardon and, right. and Kinfinity and, and all those. Uh, Toshiba was big on that around that 2004 to 2007 era. I think you're onto something. It could, could, be, could be right, yeah. Because it would have to crank out quite a bit of sound to affect not only the laptop itself, but laptops around them. So yeah. having like some really decent built-in speakers yeah. would probably make sense. Yeah, Rom says a 2.5 inch, 200 gig, 5,400. Uh, my guess for 2005 would be more like an 80 gig SATA. Because um, uh, laptop drives, they started to approach that level. Uh, but I think you'd be pushing that capacity in 2005. Yeah, 2005 is a little too early for... Yeah, I, I would say I, uh, I don't, 40s, 60s, or 80s. Probably something in that yeah, range. Yeah, probably around that. Probably around that range, yeah. It's a busy news week. I had to share that that report because is that, that not the greatest bug report ever made? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the solution is just, just don't play Janet Jackson. Just right. don't. Right. Just don't play it anymore. It's, it's so simple. It. Stop it. Come on, guys. Just stop it. You know what you shouldn't stop? Clicking on our sponsor link because today's episode is brought to you by Linode. If you've ever needed to host your own servers, whether it be for home or business use, but don't have the resources to invest into hardware, power, cooling, time, or even space, why not let Linode host them for you? If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes the software for most of the tutorials on my channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking recursive DNS server, VPN gateways, your own cloud-based Plex server, and more. Although, make sure you change your passwords on that one. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. Even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Linode also announced last year they were the first alternative cloud provider to have NVMe block storage available to all customers. Last September, they began rolling out NVMe drives to all 11 of their global data centers. Best of all, storage rates remained at the same low price they always have been. Visit linode.com slash craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. That's linode.com slash craftcomputing. And again, a huge thanks to Linode for sponsoring today's episode. Thanks, Linode. That Thanks, was like an ode to Linode. The dude. <laughs> an ode to Linode. An ode to Linode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Linode, my. Oh, my. Yes, George Dekai. Should I compare thee to a summer's day? 
<laughs> oh, Linode. Let me compare you to a raid. Whatever server this way wooed. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's go Shakespearean sonnets on it. Yeah, yeah. Taming, taming of the server rack? I don't know. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So I hear Janet Jackson's banned at all uh, Linode server data centers. <laughs> That's right. You can't. It's banned from all speakers there, just yeah. in case. Just in case Linode's being ran from a 2005 laptop. <laughs> I certainly hope not. <laughs> That's their secret. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of today, and that is the mm -hmm. leaks. Oh my gosh, the leaks as we are nearing oh some gosh. release dates. Uh, we'll start with AMD in the Ryzen 7 7700X. That is their up and coming five nanometer uh, six core processor has been tested in Cinebench R20. Ooh. Now, uh, Cinebench, as much as Intel may say it's not, is pretty much a universal test of a CPU's general speed, whether it's single-threaded or multi-threaded. Yes, it uses specific AVX workloads, but those AVX workloads translate into raw performance that you would normally see out of the instruction sets of a particular CPU. So mm -hmm. that's why we use it as a great, exact, and repeatable test. Now... Uh, there's been a battle over Cinebench since, uh, well, AMD started beating Intel to who could get the best score. And for years, Intel kind of dominated that. I mean, we all, we all know that when it came to, uh, single threaded performance, AMD was out of the game for quite a long time, really as long as Cinebench yes. has been around. Uh, mm -hmm. And in 2017, they launched Ryzen and multi-threaded became competitive almost immediately. And in fact, changed the high-end desktop market and changed the multi-core market pretty much forever. Uh, and then was Zen Plus, they got a little closer. And then was Zen 2, a funny thing happened. They started like being only a couple percent behind in single-threaded performance and only from the top tier, like the 9900Ks of the world. If you got an i3-9400, guess what? That tops out at 3.4 gigahertz. Well, the AMD 3600 didn't care. It would turbo as high as it wanted to. Right. So on went this back and forth battle. Well, AMD seems to be taking the most recent shot as they are uh, purportedly getting ready to launch the Ryzen 7 7700X, as well as the other chips from their Zen 4 lineup. Uh, and it is reported by Extreme Player to have a 20% IPC improvement. I don't know how much longer AMD can keep this up because I know. I know. they went 18, 18, and now 20 in like back-to-back -back generations. Um, that's insane. And yes. putting, this is kind of the chart that puts it all into perspective. Uh, there's also a leaked, uh, Intel i7-13700K, which is a top flight Intel single threaded chip. 
scoring an 814 on uh, R20 single-threaded. But then you have the 7700X scoring a 773. So again, just a couple percentage points behind, but thoroughly dominating the 5950X, which is AMD's current 16-core big dog CPU. Mm -hmm. That's that's extreme. Yeah. And uh, man, I'm glad the... I'm glad the gigahertz race is back on too. I missed this oh, it's, from it's always 2001. Um, yeah, well, especially you know you get you get uh, you get you know uh, bragging rights and you get uh, better competition with better pricing, mm-hmm. uh, more innovation, all that kind of stuff. It's when, it's good when there's competition. We win. Yes, because prices win. go down and innovation goes up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, hot chips, uh, took place over the last couple of days. Lots of announcements out of that, but this was the interesting bit from AMD that really hadn't been seen before. We had already seen some basic, uh, core and thread counts from their upcoming, uh, CPU launch, which they will officially unveil on August 29th, which is just five days from today. Moving on, uh, there's a leak of 13th generation Intel Raptor Lake CPUs as far as pricing goes. This one, uh, I'm not sure how accurate this one is. Uh, So this comes from a Canadian leakster and prices start at 423 Canadian dollars and go up to 940. That's 326 and 735 actual dollars. Sorry, Canadian friends. Uh, but starting with the 13600KF, which I really wish they would just get off the core branding and rename their lineup because five digits and two and two alphas at the end. Two alphas, yeah. It's just stupid. Uh, it's just getting it's just getting maddening. Yeah, yeah. I'm 9900K. What are they gonna do next? They're they're gonna go back to the you know. Do we finally get Pentium 5? Like, I'm, I'm waiting for that. I, I still want my P5. Uh, no, we went to 10900K. It's like, oh, that makes no sense, but okay. Uh, $326 for their six core entry. They've got their, or sorry, I say six core. Let's scroll down the list. Uh, six core performance, or yeah, six performance and four efficiency cores. Six cores and eight eight efficiency most of the CPUs have efficiency cores, except for the very bottom end, four core, four thread, yeah, i3. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, look at this. Look at that CPU all the way down there at the bottom. Twelve, uh, a measly 12 megabytes of cache. Four performance cores, zero efficiency cores. It's only 65 watts, and it is overclockable. But mm-hmm. <laughs> why is that even a thing? <laughs> Because the next step up, because the next step up is six performance cores and four efficiency cores. So it's a six core, sixteen threaded CPU versus four cores and eight threads. Yeah, just might as well spend a little bit extra money get that. And and it's still overclockable. I I I don't get it. Anyway, uh, going all the way up to their big dog of the thirteen nine hundred series, of which there are four. There's the K, the F, the KF, and the nothing. And, and the KFU. K- yeah. <laughs> uh, 
So they have either a 65 watt or a 125 watt TDP, depending on if it's overclockable or not. Uh, Obviously, these CPUs are going to use a lot more than the 65 watts, even without overclocking. That is their top-end base frequency. Uh, mm -hmm. But eight performance cores and 16 efficiency cores. So that is a 24-core, 32-threaded chip, if I did my math right. Uh, so quite an interesting design, quite an interesting thing to be able to say. And that price is going to be $735, which puts it squarely in the sights of the 5950X and potentially the 7950X, the 16-core 32-thread chips from AMD. Now, if we scroll down a little bit, they also have some purported AMD pricing of 930, 900, yeah, $893 US dollars for the 7950X. Uh, that, again, is a 16-core 32-thread, so it doesn't have as many actual cores, but it has the same number of threads. Now, Intel has been pulling away slightly in their multi-threaded benchmarks as of late because of the use of those efficiency cores, which don't clock nearly as high, but they also draw a lot less power. So it's going to be interesting to see this generation where these two chips land, and not just those two chips, but all the way down the stack, of where they land in both multi-core and single-threaded performance is their... A benefit one way or the other or does it really depend on the individual tier that you're buying right. from so lots and lots of fun benchmarking and results coming up probably within the next three to four weeks so exciting time for tech all these new releases all these new processors all this fun so much fun dogs and cats living together mass hysteria <laughs> Oh, Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also with Intel news, Intel says they want to achieve a 1 trillion transistor on package CPU Oof. by 2030 by using chiplets. Uh, and honestly, I don't think they'd be that Wait. far Wait. off from that estimate. They're going to use Mexican gum to do it? Chiplets. Chiplets. Oh, I thought you said chitlets. No. <laughs> yeah, Mexican gum to achieve one trillion transistors. It's amazing. Yeah. I've just been chewing on them all this time. <laughs> uh, what a thought. So I love that Intel. I, I love marketing in general because when a technology suits you, you go all in for it and it is the best thing since sliced bread. And when a competitor uses a technology that you wish you thought of first, uh, it's a stupid design and they should just leave glue out of this. Uh, that is Intel and their relationship with chiplets. <laughs> uh, so Ryzen started using chiplet design, that is making uh, smaller dies with partitioned cores on them. And so you would make one chiplet with four cores on it, and then you just put four of them onto a CPU and call it a 16 core chip, which is how they yep. get their Epic CPUs. Uh, and they've been doing that since uh, Zen 3, since, uh, or Zen 2? Zen 2, chiplets, yeah. I think it was Zen 2, yeah. Yeah, Zen 2. Sorry, it's been almost three years since that announcement. I know, it's, <laughs> it goes by fast, right? We were in Vegas. 
Yeah, we were excited when that happened. Yeah, we were like, that was we were pumped. Big news. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they've been taking smaller chips and putting them together and linking them together with cache. So they're all aware of what all the others are doing and they can all read out of the same cache pool and communicate as if they were on physically the same die. And Intel went, they're just taking smaller cores and gluing them together. That's not what CPUs are about. And then Intel went and took their, uh, was it their 3275X, 30, 30, which was two 14 core chips that were just glued together. Yeah. Literally, you could see the split on the, it was amazing. <laughs> um, and now Intel is getting into chiplets with both uh, their ARC GPUs as well as potentially their CPUs coming up here pretty soon. Uh, so yeah, one trillion transistors on package by 2030 using some very special glue. Super secret glue. It's just Gorilla Glue, but you know, mm -hmm. Intel brand Gorilla Glue. Right. It's blue instead of yellow and foamy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> How, how's your beer treating you? I, I'm, I'm almost done with this one, but it's I'm, I'm really enjoying it, actually. How are you doing? Almost uh, there? I, I've got a little bit left in the bomber, so I'm just going to top okay, myself. Oh, yeah, you, had, you had a bomber, right? Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah, so I'm, I'm down to that. Ounces, so. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm about the same. Okay. If you ask me to, I will drink faster. I got no problem with that. <laughs> I don't want to push you, Steve. I know you're getting up there in age. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got to sip slowly now. Can't sip too fast. Or I might pull a tongue. Gosh, Rhett and I were talking the other day about where we were mm. during during certain things. And yeah. uh, uh, Rhett was like, yeah, I was seven. And I was like, oh, God. I was like in high school. <laughs> I was, oh, yeah. I was like a sophomore or junior in high school or something like that. And then I thought oh, about it and I went, that. then I thought about it and I went, Steve was 26. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was probably going to my regular job and everything. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> <laughs> it was exactly my thought. I don't know why you popped into my head, but it was just like, yeah, I was this age and oh yeah, Steve's 10 years older. So there's that. <laughs> Not to throw you under already, the bus. I don't want to break your head or anything. Times you adult, yeah. Oh, I know. I got I got my wheelchair already ordered for me. It's it's coming. Nice. Uh, let's see. Tech Geek chimes in and says, "Quit the music from above my door. Take thy platters out from from out my drives and take thy drives from off my server." Both the raid ten, nevermore. <laughs> there you go. Cheers I mean, for that one. You know, Linode should be paying us for this stuff. I mean, come on. <laughs> right. This is this is gold. This is gold. How much older is Steve than John? Uh, eight years. Mm. Uh, nine. Uh, well, let's just um, about nine. Yeah. Nine, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am I am the third oldest in our family, and John is the youngest. Yeah. So. There's a lot of you guys. Yes, there's a lot of us. <laughs> I think I've mentioned quite a few of our of, of my brothers and sisters before in the show, but yeah, there there's a bunch of us my scattered around. My sister Lucy and my brother Daryl and my other brother Daryl. Brother Daryl, <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah the, their family's kind of like that. It's like I, I'm literally out of fingers with your family. <laughs> yeah, I got I older, can't brother, count older sister. Then there's me, younger brother, younger brother, younger sister, and then John. Yep. I I'm really glad I only have two siblings. <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot less birthdays to keep track of. A lot less yeah. gifts around Christmas you have to worry about. So much easier. Yeah, oh, I know. We, we, we all fit under one roof for, for the holidays. This is this is why we're just like, it's your birthday. Uh, here, come over, have some whiskey with me. That's it's it. That's, that's the present. That's the, that's the present right there. Yep. That's all you get. I'll buy you a cheeseburger. How's that? <laughs> All right, let's see. Next up. Next up, we're going to get into a little bit of talk about schools and digital security, digital safety, digital citizenship. These are two stories that popped up. And even with as crowded as like the CPUs were this week, I felt these ones were kind of important to address from again, like a personal security uh, mm -hmm. type measure. And not only that, but what grounds do schools have for monitoring and being responsible for behavior of students on and or off school grounds? And this is very this is interesting particularly, This is particularly in your wheelhouse because you used to work for a school district. The, the, I, I did. I, I contracted for many school districts. So I, yeah. it's uh, been something that, you know, a lot of my clients, that was kind of my bread and butter that I did. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so I'm very familiar with internal school infrastructures and policies and administration and digital security and and uh, the digital age of, of kids these days. Uh, those kids these days. Yeah, with their iPhones and their drive. rap music. <laughs> Back in my day, we played Janet Jackson and my hard drive was fine. Back in my day, I just downloaded Limp Bixter from Napster and we were happy. <laughs> it came down at 56k a second and we loved it. <laughs> Steve, 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 you're not going to believe this. I can fit... 40 songs onto my MP3 player and it fits in my pocket. I'm blown away. Uh, what, what were we talking about? Oh, right. <laughs> school, school security. School security. Yeah. Uh, so in Ohio, a case came up recently that during the pandemic, obviously students haven't been in session in a lot of different states and counties, depending on local regulations and, uh, you know, state of everything as it goes. I'm not getting into that discussion right now. I don't care what your politics are on it. We're not having that discussion here. Secondly, uh, schools were still required to provide education and have it and still do their state testing and all the other things that they're required to do of all the students, whether the students were in school or not. Uh, I had many discussions and, and meetings about uh, remote education and Chromebooks and iPads and Wi-Fi and how do we get data to those who live like 13 miles from anywhere and, and all that kind of stuff. Like it's, 
it was all a big thing. Like, let me tell yeah. you. Uh, so one of the things that is required in most schools as as far as state testing goes, that is their state standardized testing to make sure you can still receive state funding. And if you don't pass, you don't get funding, so you're not going to get better. But that's a discussion for another day as well. Uh, <laughs> is... During state testing, there are monitoring requirements and facilities that have to be essentially clean. You cannot have hints up on the wall. The teacher cannot answer questions. You cannot explain a question to a student. You can't, right. you can't have uh, math formulas up on the wall where the students can see them and potentially remember mm -hmm. them. It has to be all from in here. And so there's essentially clean rooms that are in almost every single school around the country that are nothing but a computer lab with one icon on the desktop that they open up and our tax dollars at work. We have to do state testing. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, during the pandemic, schools still were required to do that state testing. But according to the state testing rules, they also had to still implement clean room situations. This led to an Ohio school basically requiring an administrator or a teacher or a test administrator mm -hmm. to see the webcam of the student that was going to be taking the exam and have them scan their room with the webcam so the teacher could make sure that no contraband was present. <laughs> that search has been uh. deemed unconstitutional by an Ohio judge as it is a slippery slope for more illegal searches. And again, this kind of broaches the, the question of what grounds and responsibility and authority does a school district have over a student when they are not on school grounds, regardless of whether they are using school property in the Chromebook or not? Um, and this has been a point of contention that I've had to deal with, uh, with again, some of my clients on. I've, I've discussed issues of, well, there's bullying happening on Facebook at like 10 p.m. And, and then the parents call us and complain. It's like, why don't the why aren't the parents dealing with this? Yeah. Now, there's a legal statute called in loco parentis. It is essentially the school during school hours has the authority of a parent. That is, they can search a backpack. They do not have to have a warrant. They, they in, basically replace the legal guardian for seven hours a day um, or act as a legal guardian for seven hours a day. Uh, and that is a, uh, I know it was a mandate in Oregon, but I'm fairly certain that's a federal mandate. Uh, and that goes back to capital punishment days, if you want to know the history on that one. Uh, anyway, under that mandate, you can order a student to open their locker. You can order a student to open their backpack if you suspect they have drugs or other contraband or a weapon or something like that on them. Because that's the assumed authority that a parent would have over that same child. When that child leaves school grounds, it gets a little murky because they're also told by the state and the counties and, and federally that they're responsible within so many, so far of school grounds as far as children going home and traversing from home and school. Um, and so there are some responsibilities along there to make sure they have... Uh, and Skull chimes in and says, yes, in local parentis is federal. And I, I was pretty sure it was federal. Um, but uh, uh, they have certain responsibility within the, the bounds of 
traveling and traversing. They're, re they're required to transport with school buses and things like that. And they're also required to make sure that certain paths and certain major thoroughfares are safe for students. Um, how does that tie in with the digital age and digital messaging and constant communication that kids have these days? Um, because does the school have a right to install an application on your phone to monitor your messaging? And is it only valid during school hours? Does a school have the right to check your phone at any point in time? Can they unlock your phone with a password? Can they compel the student to give them their fingerprint or, or their password to unlock the phone? Um, these are things that really haven't been dealt with. And, but going back to this, uh, this Ohio case, um, the judge ruled that this was a form of illegal search in that the school may have had a right to view the area that the test was taking place because they were on a school issued Chromebook and it was school owned and they were in school session, but forcing them to reveal their internal surroundings. And again, within Loco Prenentis, if the, let's say I held up my laptop as a suit and then I turn around and there's four weed plants in the background and we happen to live in Utah, not Colorado. Yeah. Uh, like, let's just say, uh, would the school have the legal right to send the cops or literally just enter the home of the student because it's during school hours and it's in school session? Would they have the legal right to turn that evidence over to police? Would they have the legal right to do any number of other things? Right. And this Ohio judge, again, state case, Ohio, not federal, uh, says no, that they are no longer allowed to ask to see the surroundings because it is a slippery slope for warrantless searches. And this could be used not only against the students, but against guardians or simply places that the students exist. And that is beyond the bounds of reasonable search and and the bounds of in loco parentis. So that's one. The second privacy issue comes through a tool that is being used to monitor. Sorry, it's an electronic hall pass. Yeah, because writing a piece of paper is too flippin' difficult. Uh, so. E-Hall Pass, which is the name of the service, is a for-profit company that is basically installing an app onto either student-owned phones or school-owned devices where if a student needs to, let's say, get up and use the bathroom, they can mm -hmm. request in class the right to leave, which, by the way is a federally protected right. The student does not have to stay in the classroom if they need to use the restroom. You cannot restrict restroom access, period, end of discussion. So requesting to leave to go to the restroom, the answer is yes, regardless of whether you have permission or not. Uh, <laughs> number two, uh, this application not only serves as an e-hall pass, as an electronic hall pass. Look, my teacher said I could be here right now. It right. also tracks down to the foot where a student goes, how long they were there, what other students were in that same vicinity, and can be used to monitor 
students the way we would think of Big Brother monitoring with cameras. It's like uh, ankle monitor almost. Like, it's you know. basically an yeah. Where do you go that you do not have your cell phone? Right. Is uh, ev- well, does anyone <laughs> ever everywhere. not have their cell phone within reach, if not in their pocket on their person? Oh man! Like I remember, I remember the dark ages when oh, so I had to I. go to the bathroom, and I and I and I had to read the shampoo bottle in the bathroom because <laughs> there was nothing else to read. I was I'm... looking at the ingredients of the shampoo. This one shampoos <laughs> and conditions. It does, yeah. Two for I, one. I, I I read the instructions three or four times. But now we have the cell phone. Now to, we have, to quote now we have our in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Bottle shampoos and conditions. It's a two for one. It, good song. We're living in the future, Steve. Anyway, I know. Um, this this application, eHall Pass, is reportedly already in a thousand schools across the country, from California to New York to Carolina and everything in between. Um, and. The premise of it is, as uh, as some people have said, is a genuine problem that could be solved. It is how do you keep track of where a student is supposed to be, where a student is allowed to be, deal with the permissions that go with that as far as like, oh, I'm not in my class today because I'm doing a special project over here in this right. class. Look, here's the form for my teacher that happens to be on my cell phone. Like, that mm-hmm. is a thing. And because of, again, in Loca Parentis, the school does have a right to know where, and actually a responsibility to know where kids are. Um, but how far does that go? Because this is uh, very akin to Amazon's much maligned, much criticized uh, monitoring of Amazon workers as far yep. as how long were you on task and how long were you in the toilet? And they use those metrics to penalize workers for time spent off task. Uh, And where is the level of surveillance that we want to allow on kids and extended to that on workers as a society? Yep. That is a deep, deep intrinsic psychological question that I don't think we're going to solve here on tonight's not show. Not here, no. But it's now now you said but you said cuz I didn't read the article. Is it like a device like the like when you go to a restaurant and you like wait for It's your an order application that uses your cell phone and GPS data. Okay, so it has to use it has to be on your cell phone, right? Yeah. It has to be on your cell phone or a district provided device. Okay, so if it's a district provided device then what's stopping the kid from just slipping in somebody else's backpack and <laughs> watching the watching the the teachers go right. crazy, looking for the, the that kid who's like wandering off? Well, well, it's part not of even all that this, for a kid. Part of all this is not only is it, uh, uh, is can you like show? Hey, look, my teacher signed off. Any administrator yeah. of the system can view the location of every single student at any given time. They can see mm-hmm. which students came into contact with one another so they can avoid potential bullying or or right, fights or right. things like that. Uh, they can also monitor how long did it take you to go to the bathroom? What students are you talking to? Who's, you know, it goes a little bit beyond the the scope in my mind of the information that a school would need to keep track of a kid. Right. Uh, and again, 
this also tracks them off campus if it's a personal device. Right. I was going to say, like, if it's on their phone, mm. how, how do they know it's turned off when right. they leave campus? Right. Outside of school hours and specifically not traversing between school and home, uh, mm -hmm. they're not the school's responsibility, nor, right. nor should the school have any right to track a student to that finite a detail. So very interesting questions. Uh, one of the uh, uh, opponents of this technology uh, notes that increased scr scrutiny offered by surveillance tools is often showed to be disproportionately targeted against minorities, recent immigrants, and LGBTQ, both at the professional and employee and oogie boogie big brother level, but also at the student level. Uh, because, surprise, we have an inherent racist racism problem in our country. And the worst, the worst thing is, is it's 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 going to get rid of the tried and and true institution of skipping school. Right, <laughs> playing hooky. That's gone now. I used to play hooky all the time. It was great. It was fun. I wouldn't want to go back to school if I couldn't play hooky. Uh, here's the deal: <laughs> if kids want to skip school, they're still going to skip school. I like know. they're going to still skip school. <laughs> there's one of you and 35 of us. Like, there used to be 24 of us, but then budget cuts. Now there's 35 of us. Uh, <laughs> you can't win. So, yeah. It, like I said, we're not going to come up with a solution to any of this here no. and now. No. It is a deep, dark, law-ridden conversation, right-ridden conversation. Uh about what's right, what's wrong, whose responsibility is it, and how far should a school's rights go? Mm -hmm. And again, beyond that, an employer's rights go to tracking internally their employees and penalizing them for taking four minutes instead of three on a bathroom break. Um, yeah. So, and also, all of this information is not tracked locally. It's on a third-party server run by a for-profit company. Right. And it's, and it's, you know, like you said before, we went through data breaches. First story. First story we had data breach. Yep. One thing that not My a lot of people, like... one thing that not a lot of people keep in mind is schools are a massive target for identity thieves. Not because there's a lot of money in schools. Yes, there's a lot of money in, in a lot of schools. And if you can get into the accounting department or you can get someone to write you a check, yeah, that's a great way to go. Uh even at some of the smallest school districts around, think the ones that are like a thousand kids or 500 kids, mm -hmm. that's 500 fresh, unadulterated social security numbers that I can use for credit checks. Oh yeah, they can farm it, yeah. You could, uh, I had that done to me in 2002. I went to the unemployment office to try to find work and discovered that my social security number had been in use since 1993, registered to three different individuals. Oh man! So wow. here I here I am, a young kid, a uh, young adult, looking for a job, and being told that oh no, your your social security number has been used for identity theft for the last thirteen years. It's like oh, that's a great way to start off my life. Thanks well, for the kickstart. When, when, when you retire, you get three times the social security now. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully works, it's right? all hopefully it's all accounted for somewhere. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, uh 
like I said, we're not going to solve anything tonight, but I wanted everyone to be aware of these things because these are kind of current tech issues that are at least tech adjacent. And a lot yeah. of my a lot of my audience is not necessarily the 18 year old to 25 year old crowd of the normal like enthusiast tech, you know, water cooled PCs and i9s and overclocking. Woo! My audience is actually primarily 30 to 45. It's people with kids, it's families, yeah. it's it's family leaders, men and women, husbands, wives, you know, fathers, wives, uh, fathers, mothers. Uh, that's my audience. And so things like this could be something that you need to keep an eye out for. And it is a technology that I am fairly familiar with. So there we go. I've been approached by school administrators before about uh, uh, my our right to download text messages or Facebook messages off of a student's phone that they confiscated. And I said, legally, I think we're allowed to, but man, you're crossing some slippery slopes and I don't want to be yeah, on a subpoena uh, when that comes down. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, mean, I mean, even Apple, Apple tells, you know, the FBI and the cops to, you know, screw off when they ask them to unlock things. Right. Uh, what kind of authority does a school have coming? Right. And again, in loco parentis is a very deep, not legally challenged mandate uh, that gives schools a lot of authority that even authorities don't have. Um, as as I was told at one point in my career, uh, schools have search and seizure rights the police dr only dream of. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as like, open that backpack. What are you holding in your pocket yeah, there? Yeah, Into your pockets. On Come campus. on. They're only on campus. Only That's on why campus. it's always weird when you when you're when you're in school and then you saw a teacher or a principal or something outside of the school mm -hmm. and you're still kind of like apprehensive. It's like, oh, you have no power here, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> they basically don't. <laughs> right. So something to be aware of. And uh you know, technology moves faster than us all, but it seems that you know, between you and me, Steve, there wasn't much like, like, yeah, I had at least the internet by the time I was in high school, uh, yeah. middle school, it really wasn't I, a I, thing. I had, I had BBSs. <laughs> right. I, I, I had BBSs and yeah. like, I, I would connect to BBSs in middle school. And then by high school, mm -hmm. the internet was around. But it was also in the day it that was, it's like you can't trust anything on there. No. Yeah, it was all. It, it was go like to the go AOL to the library stuff, and look yeah. up the card catalog. You know, learn the Dewey yeah. Decimal System. That's where all the knowledge <laughs> is and will remain. Yeah, thanks to yeah. thanks to Conan the Librarian who taught me the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you should be thoroughly finished with your beer at this point. I, I am completely finished with my beer, yes. Excellent, because I want to open my next one. So I do too. I'm excited for my beer. From Noctum Artemis Brewery, this is the double catnip, double IPA, uh, clocking in at 9%. Yeah, now this is this is Great Notions Augie. Hazy IPA, 7%. And Great Notion, man, they, they, they never miss, man. They just don't miss. JK Software says, I used to hack my school's netware networks. Oh, God. Do you know how many Novell systems, Novell netware I administered in in my long and storied tenure? Um, I worked in some form of IT support for 
almost 17 years. Um, really, really every job that I held since about 2003 involved IT in some way. Uh, some of them directly, some of them, at least the IT components were still in my job description. And, and that's why I took those jobs. Uh, I was a CNC manufacturer, CNC machinist for a while. Uh, was trained on on a Como dual six foot nine axis uh, CNC machine, and worked with the engineer of that company to to design new parts and, and test new things. And by the way, also networked his engineering PC to the. DOS 5.0 CNC controller that was down on the shop floor so he didn't have to carry floppy disks down to me all the time. <laughs> like, um, wow, that's a big revelation for him, I bet. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I like, but in 17 years, I, I've had a lot of tenure and I've seen a lot of server systems come and go. And Novell Netware will not be missed. <laughs> nope. Yeah, I think oh. when I when I first when I first started my first software job, we had Novell Netware going through there, and man, I was happy to see that thing go. Uh, Mike wants to know why doesn't our operating system have the equivalent of a librarian that knows where everything is? Uh, maybe that's the evolution of Cortana. Uh, we had that, but everyone hated Clippy. <laughs> Clippy was ostracized. <laughs> he was. He was. <laughs> Clippy did nothing wrong. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, that's that's where Microsoft wants to take Cortana and Apple wants to take Siri and Google wants to take whatever the hell they call her. Uh, they want it to be a fully fledged natural dialogue digital assistant. Uh, that is the ultimate end goal. Number one, because it's actually genuinely useful technology to be able to converse with the computer in natural speech, the way that we always dreamed we could in Star Trek. You know, computer, what is the blah, 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 of the blah, blah, blah. I do this in my truck when I'm driving down the road. If I have a question, yeah. I'll, I'll hit the microphone like I have a random thought pop in my head or I have this really long math problem that I needed to solve. Um, and uh, I'll just ask it to the supercomputer in the sky. And within three seconds in my natural voice, I get a natural response and it's great. Uh, you know, they still can't tell me where half the coffee shops are in my area, but, you know, progress, progress. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for those wondering, the, the difficult math that I had to do in my truck this week is I've had a, uh, so, gosh, back in May, so a couple months now, uh, I bought a new-to-me but used 2012 Dodge Ram 1500. Really nice truck, super clean, um, and I got it for a steal of a price because it had 190,000 miles on it. But oh, I thought in, you were going to say someone was murdered in there or something. No. <laughs> <laughs> just, I had to clean up the blood or whatever. It was yeah, fine. just... It was, I got to cheat. It's sop haunted. it up with a rag. It's, right. it's haunted, but it's okay. It's still it's, tragic. It's fine. Uh, yeah, it's fine. Anyway, uh, super high mileage for, for a truck. 190,000 miles. And the reason mm. I went ahead and bought it is it had a number of parts that were recently replaced. Alternator, wa uh, mm -hmm. water pump, uh, timing belt's already been done. Like all of the major maintenance and all of the fluids that had to be changed at about a, you know, on a regular basis had been changed. Uh, you could see the marks where recently someone had opened the rear diff and, and changed the oil on the rear differential. Uh, there's no leaks on it anywhere. It's, it's a solid, solid truck. And I'm 
been thrilled with it. But there's always that little thing in the back of your head going like, when are you going to need to rebuild the engine? It's a Hemi with 190,000 miles on it. And I'm like, you know, even for the price I got it for, if I need to pay, you know, two grand for someone to rebuild the engine, there's a shop down the street that'll do it for me. Like, cool. Uh, still got a great deal. But I noticed something. So for the first couple of gas tanks, um, I noticed I was getting exceptionally good mileage. And I'm a pretty economical driver anyway, except if I'm in the Z car on like a dead straightaway. Uh, I'm a fairly economical driver, especially in traffic. You know, mm -hmm. I'm very light on the gas and on the brake. Um, and my Ram truck was getting like 23 miles the gallon combined when it's supposed to get like 16 city and you know some have reported like 20 highway i'm getting like 23 uh i drove to the coast and back and then filled my tank and i got almost 26 and a half miles to the gallon and i went that's raising some red flags because there's no way my 5.7 liter v8 is getting 26 and a half miles to the gallon no possible way um, then it dawned on me that when I first got the truck, I opened the glove box and pulled out the user manual and I went, oh, it's a Canadian import truck, but everything in the truck is Imperial measure. The, the temperature readout is Imperial. It's in Fahrenheit. The, the speedometer is a regular speedometer. Now, what's really funny is my Z car is also a Canadian import, but I had to change out both dash clusters to change it from metric to imperial because I don't measure fuel in kilometers per liter uh, or liters per kilometer. You know, um, it, it's miles Our per gallon. Our brains don't work like that. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my, <laughs> my brain doesn't invert that fraction well. Like, it just Sorry. doesn't. Um, I know it's the easier way, but we're just not used to it, damn it. It, it gave me my oil pressure in kilopascals. Like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So I changed out the dash clusters and got it all up and running. Um, and it's it's great now. And everything transferred over because the computer just spits out a number. And then your dash actually calculates what that number is in either metric or imperial. But my truck, everything was imperial. The HVACs, it has the temperatures and they're in Fahrenheit. The dash, it'll show the outside and the engine temp and that's in Fahrenheit never even dawned on me that the odometer may be metric until I was calculating my mm. gas mileage on my third tank for like the final time. And it's like, I'm getting almost 27 miles the gallon on a truck that should struggle to do 18. So it was going oh, wait. by kilometers. Oh, wait, that's about two thirds. Oh shit. Isn't, uh, <laughs> isn't a mile point, isn't a kilometer 0.6 of a mile? As it turns out, yes, it is. Um, yeah. so I actually measured a couple of trips that I did and sure enough, uh, it's in kilometers, which means I got an even better deal on the truck because of, Hey Google, uh, what's 190,000 kilometers in miles. And it's turns out to be 118,192.5 miles or something like that. Uh, mm, so, so it's higher mileage than you thought it was. No, it's way lower mileage. 118,000 oh, versus 190,000. Oh, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yes, because it yeah. was it was kilometers. So Two kilometers thirds to yes, the kilometer. Of it. Yes, go down those. Yeah. Yep. So, so you got a bargain. Yeah. Basically, and it I got was a great less miles deal than you thought it was. And, so you, and you, super recent service. So now I'm not yes. even worried about the long term health of this truck. Yeah. And I'm thrilled with it. But I also redid the gas mileage calculation, and I'm getting like sixteen point five. Oh, okay. Well, that's more realistic, though. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> 
Yeah. Ooh. Another one that kind of caught mine, me off guard. Mine, mine is excellent. This is this is really super tropical. Wow. Uh, this and is I'm really digging it. This is a hazy, unlike many other hazies that I've had. Um, think of the hazies from like two years ago, where we got like mm -hmm. a lot of acid burn, but the first oh, yeah. couple of sips were super, super juicy and super flavorful. And then they would just kind of mm -hmm. turn into that acid burn. Yeah. This reminds me of those super dank juice bombs. But follow me here. Lemonheads. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there is a, a fairly Straight up Mike hop. and Ike lemonheads. There's a, there's a lemon drop uh, hop that's fairly new. I think, it's, I think it came out a year ago, maybe? Maybe two years. But it has it has very uh, interesting lemon properties to it, and I guarantee you that they probably dry hop that with some lemon hop. That is remarkably exactly the way I remember lemon heads. Like yeah. exactly uh, from the... Like the, like the like the first time you you sucked them, or when you because when you bit into lemon heads, there was like this oh that super sweetness that came out sweet yeah. sweet came out, and then no, and then, this... yeah, then we right yeah when you first put them in your mouth, they're they're. Are fairly sour, and then the yeah. center part is very sweet. It's it's sugar yes. with a lemon coating, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. This is kind of like once you bite into it, uh, just mm -hmm. that first okay. initial burst of, of sweetness, um, mm -hmm. where it's still very tart and very sour and uh, has quite a bit of tang to it, but there's this sweetness that just kind of carries that flavor on through, and it ends up being very, very pleasant. I'm liking this one. Well, this is super maybe, good. Maybe, maybe you're part cat and you just really like it. Because <laughs> it's got catnip in it, right? Uh, <laughs> by the way, we now refer to Rambo by his earned title, and that is Lord Protector. Uh, so, Lord, Lord Protector Rambo. So, Miss, my oldest daughter, woke me up 3.40 in the morning on Monday to say, I just got up to go to the bathroom and there's a dead mouse on my floor. Oh no. <laughs> and I went, okay, okay, let me go take a look. Like not a big deal. And as we're walking downstairs, she goes, and I locked, I locked Rambo out so he couldn't get to him. And I said, okay. So I got, I got a couple of rubber gloves and, and, a, and a bag and I'm like, okay, let's go take care of it and clean it up if we need to. Um, it was patently obvious that Rambo was the cause of said dead mouse. <laughs> he, he gutted that sucker from stem to stern. Um, without getting too graphic, uh, he had bit like this half of the face off. Yeah. And yeah. there was an eye hanging from a from a string on the on the head of the mouse, um, <laughs> where the rest of the pieces were missing. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a tiny he's little like, mouse. It was it was like he this took a, he took a he took a bite and he's like, you know what? I don't really like this, but you guys might like it, so I'll just leave it here for you. You guys can try it. And 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 what <laughs> I said was uh I just started like oh and all the fur was just like licked. Like like Rambo spent a good <laughs> amount of time making sure that was a presentable gift to miss. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't like so I don't so want yeah, it to look too, too unappealing. I don't want it to look unappetizing. Let me lick it down so it's nice and clean for you. 
Right. So, uh, I mean, it wasn't a very big mouse. It was, you know, maybe two and a half, three inches long, you know, nose to end of body. Uh, tail yeah. was a little bit longer than that. Not not a huge mouse by any, by any means. But, uh, mm. like I said, patently obvious of how it got there. Uh, so, I told Miss, um, you know how we give Rambo food? Well, cats don't know how to appreciate us but if you were a cat he would try to provide food for you and so that's what he was doing he said hey i caught this look what i can do here i appreciate you you're my favorite have a snack okay. <laughs> you're looking you're looking skinny he's like an italian grandma you're looking skinny yeah <laughs> go eat some more eat some more have a nice yeah. juicy mouse with its half its head bit off it's the best kind <laughs> It was so funny. <laughs> so yeah, and I and I said, yeah, we now have to call him by his title, which is Lord Protector, because that would be the title of an official bodyguard or serviceman for a monarch or royalty. And so Lord Protector Rambo is is now what we call him. Lord Protector. Uh Mrs. a trooper to have handled that in stride. Um yeah. Yeah, no, uh, she, she is so, she takes after me a lot in, in some regards in that nothing seems to rattle her. Um, I'm kind of always the one that you want in a crisis situation. If, if there's a car wreck, I'm the one that goes, okay, X, Y, Z, go. Like, mm -hmm. like someone get on the phone. I'm going to hold this jugular vein closed and you make sure that his leg you find all of his fingers like that. Yeah, that's that's me. I, I just go straight mm -hmm. into administrative mode and and crisis remediation. And now 30 minutes later, I'll have an anxiety attack and have to go take a nap. You know, the, the adrenaline will wear off and oh, yeah. and then my and then, and then is, my yeah. anxiety will kick in. And uh, and that's a heck of a, of a cocktail to wake up to. Um, but uh, she does kind of the same thing, where in the moment, if something serious is happening, and, and we've, we've had a couple situations where, uh, where it's like, we need to take action now. There's something mm -hmm. happening. We need to go. And uh, she is right there going, yes, yes, what can I do? Oh, I need to, I need to go grab this, and how can I help? And, and right there in the moment, and then 30 minutes later... <laughs> <laughs> just like collapse yeah yeah collapse yeah. right so yeah. she's going to be fantastic of, about that kind of stuff a couple of people chiming in about uh uh am i the only one not grossed out by this nah it didn't bother me at all yeah anyone who's grown up uh, in the country like we had we had some rats invest uh in yeah. the infest a uh shed that we had at my last house and uh starlings on on the fence that were eating all of our our uh, garden and things like that. One of my favorite pastimes was to sit on my balcony with an air rifle and uh, take them out. <laughs> Get the starlings. Starlings are super yeah. smart yeah, they're, too, they're... and they're also very communicative because they would irritate the crap out of my neighbor's house uh, behind me, uh, and they would come into our garden and dig things up and and steal steal plants and crap like that and you know eat all the bugs that were helping keep uh keep everything healthy i would uh one year i finally got fed up with it i took my air rifle out there and i shot three of them in an afternoon and i picked up 
most of the bodies. I, I left one yeah, up on the hey. fence. I was going to say, hang him in effigy. <laughs> no, nothing says stay out of my lo- my yard like yeah. a bloody head on a fence post. Yeah. And oh, yeah. uh, for the next five years, the starlings would sit on my neighbor's roof and not even fly over my house. It, it took an entire <laughs> generation of bird to overcome the fear of entering my yard from oh, yeah. one afternoon of just taking them out. The starlings are just sitting up on the neighbor's roof going, yeah, that over there, that house over there, yeah? You see that over there? We don't By the way, like, no more. like eight years ago right. and, and, and even more recently than that, I was a huge fan of Ted's Holdover on YouTube, which is a uh, an airgun channel that was uh, kind of unceremoniously kicked off of YouTube when they went, oh, anti-gun, and it's like, it's an air rifle. Awesome. I'm hunting yeah. squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Skull says, be thankful oh, yeah. it wasn't a dog and bringing you a dead possum. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Ruby did bring us a dead starling one time. She caught one in the backyard and presented it to us. So. <laughs> <laughs> Look what I got. Yeah, that's the difference between cats. They, they both will give you gifts. Yes. But the cat, like, doesn't, it doesn't care if you eat it or not. It's just like, well, if you don't want it, whatever. You don't want it. But I think dogs get a little butthurt if you don't eat what they gave you. Like, wait, yes. you, just, you, didn't like, yeah. you didn't like my gift? What, right. What's wrong with you? <laughs> it's a perfectly good, stinky, smelly, dead possum, and you're not eating it? What's wrong with you? They get yeah. a little mad. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we do have a couple other stories to get to. Uh, yep. Qualcomm seems to be getting back into the server market with their latest acquisition. Uh, so Qualcomm will be acquiring Nuvia and all of their intellectual property. Uh, interestingly enough, a company founded by ex-Apple CPU engineers who helped kickstart some of the ARM developments, which later became oh iPhone and iPad processors, and even more recently, Apple's M1. Uh, Qualcomm has mentioned recently that they are wanting to dive back into ARM-powered servers and kind of shake up the market with uh, Intel, AMD, and NVIDIA kind of taking a bulk of the uh, uh, compute uh, market share. Uh, They're wanting to get back into it because Qualcomm... For those who don't know, Qualcomm actually does make some very competent ARM products. Uh, yeah. Most of the time, they wind up in smartphones and, and things right. like that. Right, they're mobile chip phones, yeah. Yeah, the mobile chips. But they've they've made some pretty competent higher-end systems as well, as well as some ARM-based Windows PCs, uh, laptops specifically. Um, so it's not like Qualcomm is new to making CPUs. And bringing on a collection of ex-Apple engineers and all of the brain trust that goes with that, fantastic move for Qualcomm. And again, in the world of competition, we all win, or data centers will win because they'll get another another player and another option in that market. Yep. And and here I thought Nuvia was just a skincare product. (laughs) That's a lot have an odd purchasing choice for Qualcomm, at least, but, at least this wasn't just Nuvia for men. They're all inclusive yeah. with the server purchase. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. You'll have the softest, smoothest servers ever. <laughs> oh, man. Had to bring that up. 
<laughs> um, so this is very Star Trek. Oh, uh, yes. Not not genuinely Star Trek, but very, very sci-fi, very next worldly. Uh, uh, we are definitely living in the future because we are starting to look, or at least Europe is, at solar-based reflectors to send concentrated beams of uh, F up you and everything around you is if it hits you uh, to <laughs> basically increase the efficiency of solar farms. Yeah. Basically, they want to take satellites that will have triangulated mirrored arms, which will basically form like a set of reflectors, which will go down and geosynchronously point the sun at a particular bank of solar arrays. Uh, to increase the efficiency of that geolocation because there's only so much yep. sun that you can collect from a certain right. point because you can only have so many dishes in that point pointed in the right direction and tracking the sun. But if you take that tracking component and you put it into orbit and then you concentrate it down, yeah, that's a lot more thermal energy. Clever. Clever. Um, the pitch meeting was kind of like... Well, you know when you were a kid and you would fry bugs with your magnifying glass? Imagine that, but in space. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, oh, it's genius. It's I'm really genius. surprised it wasn't Mike Myers in the meeting going, first off, we would have fired the laser. The laser. Laser. Beam. Zip it. Yeah. Fun stuff. Space lasers. Space lasers. Space lasers. Space sun lasers. Uh, did oh. you see this uh, viral thing that went out? I absolutely did. I absolutely <laughs> did. I, I, put this, I put this one on here. Okay. Because uh, I thought this was great, great beer news. This is great like beer news. Lovely, great beer news. Uh, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is beer and innovation. Uh, uh, you know, when you're down and, and you, you're stuck and you have to utilize something around you to solve a problem, this is what it's all about. This, this is, is, this is... I, I don't think this is the utilization of parts in hand. <laughs> I think this was, this was a cry for help, if anything. Maybe, uh, maybe he just likes it that way. I don't know. And he may, <laughs> but this reminds me very much of the... I made a megaphone using nothing but a squirrel, some duct tape, and a megaphone that I found. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for those who haven't seen it, there was a Yankees fan who was caught on camera uh, by another fan in the stands. Um, I'll just go ahead and hit play right here. Uh, he He's not doing heroin. That was my first thought. I, I could have swore... That, that was needle going like, like, is he diabetic? Like what, what's going on? Like, why are you filming right. him? No, he was taking a drinking straw that he received with his beer party file. Number one, mm -hmm. um, right. inserted the straw through a hot dog to core said straw. Mm -hmm. Yep. But we're not done. And then the hot dog straw beer was born. <laughs> That's right. You've seen it. You can't unsee it. 
<laughs> yep. Join us next week for more Tales of Interest. Yeah, that's a great yep. recipe. That's one. Of, that's one of those tasty recipes that you see on uh, Facebook. <laughs> tasty. Yeah, but if you looked it up on Etsy, it would be, uh, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It would be, <laughs> you know, the the hot dog straw. Well, as I traveled around as a young lad through Brazil, I I learned that like. You got the entire two-page blog post to get through before it says, take an average drinking straw and just ram it through a hot dog. (laughs) Boom. Instructions. That's what I was here for. I didn't realize I needed to learn German before I... What do they speak in Brazil? Yes, that's... Portuguese. (laughs) I didn't realize I needed to learn Portuguese before I uh, stuck a straw through a hot dog. Yeah, that's... that's, that's, Maybe that's what they call it. Maybe that's, that's the German German straw. That's what they call it. The German straw. Strawwurst? Strawwurst. By the but way, yeah, I, I apologize I also... to any German viewers. <laughs> I also know that John's got that... Um... And Brazilian that... and European. Who else have I offended this show? Like, there, there's been yeah. a lot. Yeah. So John's got that, he's got that uh, hot dog flavored hard seltzer. That was going to be my that, next question. Right. So I think, I think, because I, uh, I, I know he's going to invite me. He's going to invite, he's going to invite me over to, to taste this thing. Because he always does for the really gross. You need beers. to show up with a it. hot dog. You, we need to, we need to do, we need to like, we'll taste it first. Just fine. But we're going to have to make hot dog straws. And taste it with hot dog straws, just just for posterity's sake. We, I hate we you so much. That. I hate you so much that I want to do this. Oh, you want to come do that? He's been trying to get you out there to, to drink some pickle beers for a long time. Pickle is a no go. Although okay, pickle well, through a hot, hot dog. dog, maybe pickle maybe. through a hot dog. Hot, hot dog, hot dog water, hot dog flavored hot dog water seltzer. You'll come for that though, right? Boy, sounds like a party. Uh, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> so the example that I use whenever my kids don't want to eat what we serve them is mm-hmm. we only make you foods that we already know you eat unless we know you don't like it. And then we will make you try one bite. And if you don't like yes. it, yes, that's fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. but I'm not that, I'm not that kind of parent that will like, no, you're going to sit at this table until your lima beans are gone. Right. Right, right, right. Yes. Lima beans. <laughs> um, I still don't like lima beans. I still don't like lima beans. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, the example that I will use, if something from a restaurant or when comes unexpected, you know, not what I expected. I ordered mac and cheese, and this is not the mac and cheese that you make at home because we happen to be at Sizzler. Like, yeah. uh, the example I will use is one day I was... Uh, I had to drive up to Portland and Mm -hmm. pick up a whole bunch of stuff. And the only thing that was near me was a Wendy's. And it's like, great Mm -hmm. choice. Wendy's, I'll pull in there. I'll get a, I'll get a burger real quick. It was like three in the afternoon. I hadn't eaten that day and I didn't realize I hadn't eaten that day. And it was like, I need to pull over or I'm going to kill someone. Um, Getting hangry. Right. I'm getting hangry um, and lightheaded. Uh, So... (laughs) 
pulled into the drive-thru, finally on my way home, ordered, ordered like a double cheeseburger and, and a drink. And uh, specifically, no pickles, no mustard. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Came with pickles, came with mustard. Now, mustard I can usually handle. Handle, yeah. Pickles? No. Nah, if, if Once the pickles touched it, you can't untouch the burger. You can't untouch oh, yeah. the pickle from the bun. The damage is done. It's, 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 it's now pickled. to the bun. It's there. It's right. there. It gets it's, it's in there. It, it, gets, it gets all up in there. Um, the essence of pickle is going to be right. hunting that burger for the rest of its life, yes. Right. And, and Wendy's uses... Uh, some of their locations, they will use sliced pickles. Other places, they use more of a relish. And in this mm-hmm. location, they used a bit of a relish. And so it's not like I could mm-hmm. just, like, pick the pickles off, even if I wanted to eat no, pickle-soaked bread. No, it's not coming off. It's it's in there. So what did I do? I ate the burger. In as few bites and as few actual like chewing as possible just just get that just get that nutrients down my gullet just get it down get that blood sugar flowing get it going and so that's the example that i will use uh when my kids don't want to eat something is you know how much dad hates pickles i will i will say in the kitchen when my wife asked me to open the pickle jar because she can't that I am morally opposed, but I will do it for you. <laughs> right. Uh, this is this is bordering on on like uh, 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 international uh, right. crimes against humanity. I understand stuff. a war crime is about to take place, and now you've right. made me an accomplice. Like that's yeah. my feeling on pickles. Um, but in the moment, I ordered food. It wasn't what I wanted, but I wasn't going to throw away ten dollars right. worth of burger and and soda. No, I ate the burger. You can eat this. I am not not at all a picky eater. I will eat just about anything. Um, In fact, because I only only have a couple of those vices. I I have pickles. I have pickles and mustard. Or, sorry, pickles and mushrooms. And and mushrooms, like like pickles, I'm like, no pickles. But mushrooms are like, up here. Like... I don't have anything that I won't eat. I'll eat anything, but I have things I do not enjoy. Like I don't enjoy beets. Beets is, is not, I'll yeah. eat it. It's, it's, it kind of has a, a little earthy. I don't really like the flavor, but I nah, just don't care for them. I'll eat them, but you yeah. know what? I, I had some of John's beet beer that he had at his tap room a long time ago. And I'm like, no, I don't really like it. Is it just the pickles but or I, is pickled anything off the table? It's, it's a combination of, of the vinegar and the garlic and just kind of like everything that goes into the pickling process. Um, mm. You're preserving things for far longer than they should be preserved. And uh, and my brain doesn't allow that. I, I don't know what it is, but um, if... Now again, pickles are like, like there. Like compared to 98% of the rest of the food on the planet, pickles mm-hmm. aren't that bad. Uh, but for me, they're they're like the outlier. They're like something I don't like. And then mushrooms are like, no, <laughs> no, I love mushrooms. Uh, I don't want to be in the same about... house <laughs> as a mushroom. Um, but but pickles, like I've been served yeah, okay. like 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 I'll order a tuna sandwich or a or French mm-hmm. dip or something like that. And oh, they put a little bit of relish into the into the tuna. 
as long as it has enough mayo and ranch and whatnot, I don't mind the crunch. I don't mind a little bit of that vinegar flavor. It's it's when it's mm-hmm. too overbearing. And for me, right, even right. like a sliced pickle on a sandwich is too overbearing. Right. And No, and, I mean, I get that. I, I like a good balance in things too, yeah. Right. Um, but in general, it's just the pickling process I don't like because I do like cucumbers. I like cucumbers yeah. on salads. I like cucumbers. I'm not going to sit there and like bite into a cucumber, but... I do like the flavor. I like the the things that you can do with it. I love cucumbers in mixed drinks. Yeah. Um, olives again. Olives if they're too much. Like I'm not just gonna like munch on olives. Um, but olives on a pizza, olives on a sandwich. Yeah, more the merrier. It's fine. Yeah. Like as but long as there's wrong. balance to it, I don't mind olives. Right. Yeah, balance. Balance is key. Now Rob yeah. just asked. Uh, uh, he asked the same question I was gonna ask. What about what about fermenting do you like if you tried fermenting over like pickling because fermenting doesn't use as much vinegar right uh um, i have not like, I've, I, I've not gotten into the craft pickle realm because i can't even put a, a toe into the baby pool like well i think i think what he's asked is like I, I don't know you're probably not a big hot sauce guy but rom sent me some of his hot sauces and i think I've, he uh fermented his hot sauce okay and those yeah, were, I, I thought they were excellent i thought they were really good I, I actually don't mind so much some of the the vinegar hot sauces and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as they're they're pretty well flavorful um, and yeah. more flavor than vinegar. If it's just yes, straight no, up vinegar, I do, yeah. no. Uh, yeah. I but, love hot sauce, but I can't stand uh, uh, Tabasco because it's, like, it's just it's just vinegar. vinegar. It's hot vinegar, yeah. and it's like no. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, things things like uh, like other hot sauces where it's like you get some chilies in there, you get some actual like green and red peppers oh, yeah. and, and some oh, yeah. those fantastic. Are, those are That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Because there there's a payoff to the I don't want just heat either. I don't want just heat and I don't want heat and vinegar. I want right. some flavor to go along with it. Yeah. Oh, so uh, so since since Rama's on the thing, uh, uh, I've been growing my own peppers this year. And oh, nice. I have a I have a big bushel of Serrano. I actually have nice. some scorpion and ghost peppers coming up. I'm super wow. excited to, to to try to make something uh, extra spicy. That and, could be fun. And, yeah. and I got some elephant garlic to put in there that Angie grew. I'm I'm like super excited. I got all these kind of fresh vegetables I'm going to put in my uh, hot sauce. Yeah, compared that to we, that we grew in our backyard. Yeah, compared to like Rhett and you, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm probably a little bit of a picky eater, but. Mm-hmm. But it's not like I don't draw the line at spices and I don't draw the line at heat and I don't draw mm-hmm. the line at that. It's if it's in the proper balance, it's probably just fine. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like every every spirit except tequila, I really enjoy. But I still enjoy agave spirits that don't have to yeah. follow all the tequila rules and be exactly mm-hmm. tequila when they come out, because I don't like straight tequila, but I have a bottle of Mezcal literally right there, and it's some of the best stuff I've ever had in my life. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. It's a I've barrel-aged Mezcal, absolutely... and it's... Oh. Uh, yeah, I've had some Añejo so, tequila that's just... It tastes like a scotch sometimes. Right. Um, but yeah, mushrooms are the one thing conscious or not conscious to them being included in a meal. Okay? <laughs> I'm talking about I ordered a burger one time. Nowhere on the description of the burger and the ingredients list, and this was a fairly decent restaurant. Think of like Mm a half step above a Chili's or something like that, where it's like, uh, you know, Red Robin or whatever. 
half step mm-hmm. above that where the burgers are $16, but you get a burger. Like, like yeah, it was kind of that kind one. of place. Um, nowhere, yeah. nowhere, yeah, artisan burgers. Nowhere in the description did it mention mushroom. I read it through like mm-hmm. four times. And I'm like, that sounds delish. I'll take that. Mm-hmm. And uh, ordered the burger. And I'm out to lunch with a bunch of my colleagues and a couple of CEOs and things like that. We all get our plates. I pick up the burger. I look around it and I go, that looks great. It was like this <laughs> half pound patty and pepper jack cheese and barbecue sauce. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it had Swiss on there as well. It was lettuce mm. and onions and peppers. And like, oh, it was a good burger. I took a bite and took a couple of chews. And immediately my gag reflex hit. Mm-hmm. And I went, yeah. there's mushrooms in this burger. Yeah. It, it was, it was, it wasn't even taste. It was texture hitting the it's top texture, of my yeah. That's, it that's was like most people who, who don't like it. That's a texture right, thing. They usually right. say they don't like the texture. Yeah. The, the texture hit the top of my mouth and I literally almost vomited on the table. Like I, I had to suppress, actually was dry heaving slightly and had to suppress <laughs> what was going to happen in front of all these people managed to get that one bite to actually go down and had to flag down the waitress and go, this was not supposed to have mushrooms on it. Yeah. I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not someone who yeah. sends things back to the kitchen often. Right. You put relish uh, on a burger, I will begrudgingly eat it. I will, I will rue your day to the end of time, but I will still <laughs> eat the burger. You put mushrooms Mushroom. on a burger? No. No. I'm out. To the ground. Tap out. To the ground. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I won't. I love mushrooms. I love, I, like, even, even if something came with beets, I'd still eat it. Like, yeah. I, I, don't, I haven't found anything I will absolutely positively reject. Uh, Hops um, wants to know, what about truffle sauce or flavors? Um, I actually don't mind the taste of, like, mushroom soup. Mushroom soup is great. Uh, you... you pour it over a steak you do this you Mm -hmm. put it on mashed potatoes like i think it's fine and in fact um there's a restaurant that we like to go to that has some lettuce wraps and and it comes with this uh like it's an asian restaurant it's kind of like a paste that you put onto lettuce and then you eat it kind of like oh yeah you know asian tacos um yeah sorry to any asian viewers um (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anyway, lettuce wraps, and there's like this dish that you dish onto the lettuce, leaf lettuce, and then you eat that, and it's it's delicious. Um, one of the ingredients is that is finely diced mushrooms. I really don't mind it, but it's so well balanced within that meal. It's not right. a and, slice and that, of a mushroom, right? And that texture's gone because and the it's texture's so gone diced, because so it's so finely diced. You, yeah. It, 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 and again, I don't mind the taste of mushrooms. It's entirely the texture. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got the chat going with food now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's sriracha, gaojing, chipotle, all this stuff. Oh, man. Damn it. I, I'm on a diet, and I've been doing very well on my diet. Mm-hmm. But, man, I want to go upstairs and make some pizza rolls right now. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm in that mood. Like, I, I want to air fry something. I got, I got like, uh, 
uh, last year I got a pizza oven, like the, the uni pizza ovens. And I've been trying and trying and trying to perfect the pizza crust. Because that's the hardest part. It honestly um, is the hardest part. Like, toppings is easy. Toppings is easy. Yeah. Um, Getting the I, crust just right is so hard. I, I will one-up you in that... Was it last year? Maybe even the year before. Might have been 2020, mm -hmm. late 2020. Uh, we bought a combination toaster oven air fryer. Oh, nice. It is freaking amazing. Um, it has... It's deep enough to put a, a small pizza on, like a 12-inch pizza. It's about a 12 mm -hmm. by 12 footprint. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, sure. And so if you make a 12-inch pizza, you can cook the whole pizza inside of there. Um, and in fact, it has a setting specifically for cooking pizzas. Um, it works amazingly as a toaster. I am full-on team toaster oven over standard toaster. Oh, absolutely. If you don't have a toaster oven, you're... You're just not living. I'm sorry. We we had we had a toaster oven, but we had to get rid of it because of space. But yeah. yes, I absolutely agree with you yeah. that I, I think the toaster oven is superior. In fact, I would um, get rid of my microwave for a toaster oven. I think those are way better. Yes. The only reason we still have a microwave is it's mounted above the stove. It, it's yes, off the, the counter. Us too. Yes. And so, us yeah. too. Yes. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't have a microwave. We have an air popper for popcorn. The only thing we use the microwave for is occasionally when the kids want a snack, we do have some microwave popcorn. We've mm -hmm. got, we'll boil water sometimes, but I've also got a kettle now. Thank you, Ian Cutris. Uh, mm -hmm. He goes, why do no Americans own kettles? And it's like, you know what? My wife's been asking for a kettle. So I bought, bought her one for her birthday. And now we have a kettle and we love it. Uh, oh, I have a kettle too. I, yeah. I, I use it to make my French press coffee every morning. Yeah, and that's, that's what I switched to at the same time. Cause we were doing, we had a Keurig and we had a couple other things. And mm -hmm. uh, I went, screw it. Here's like, Here's a $12 French press. Like, why mm -hmm. am I doing the whole, like, compacted oh, in the Keurig as if you're making espresso and then you get, like, watered down coffee? Like, yeah, and French press tastes so much better. It so tastes better. so much better. Yeah. So much better. No, I love my French press. Um, but yeah, so Ian Cutris, like, was the spur that I needed to go, like, just go buy a freaking kettle. Um, yeah, they're not expensive. <laughs> right. Um, so, but yeah. Uh, and occasionally, if we're like really rushed for dinner, uh, we'll we'll do a veggie in there. We have like some of the steam pack vegetable things. Mm -hmm. They come in bags. You literally just put the bag in the microwave and hit four minutes on it, mm -hmm. and then you have like fresh steamed broccoli. Sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right. good. Right. Little, Other than that, get a cheese on it. You're good. Other than that, <laughs> we don't use the microwave for anything. Yeah. No. Oh, uh, yeah, heating water sometimes. Uh, or thawing things out if it needs to be thawed out, I'll do yeah. that. But yeah, for the most part, I don't, I don't really like it. the microwave. Is just, it's just not. It cooks things funny. It always yeah. makes the burrito molten lava. It's I yeah. just don't like them. Yeah, yeah, and and even reheating food if I can, like if we have pasta or rice or chicken yeah. or something, I'll yeah. throw it in the pan and resear it or warm oh, it yes, back up. Absolutely, or... that is the best so way to do it. That's what I'm doing now too. So yeah, much. It better. tastes so much better. And it doesn't take that long. I mean, it takes like, yeah, it makes a little bit longer, but I mean, it's still, yep. it tastes better. You're right. Absolutely right. Yep. I've been reheating like, like pizza. I used to eat leftover pizza cold or I'd throw it in the microwave. Now I will reheat it on a pan and then I'll cover it. So the heat stays trapped in and melts yep. the cheese on top. But because it's in a pan and usually because pizza is kind of a little greasy already, the grease on the bottom will crisp it up at the bottom. So you get a little crunchy. Yes. It, it, sometimes it's, 
better the second time. Yes. Um, yes. So uh, one of my and my my oldest daughter, uh, one of Mrs. favorite, like, I feel like getting fat today is yeah. Uh, yeah. we will get a Little Caesars deep dish pizza. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's like 13 bucks and it's two, two 12 inch square pizzas is what mm-hmm. you end up with. And, uh, but we get the, the three meat treat. And, and mm. so it's sausage, pepperoni, and hamburger. And mm-hmm. it's great. And you get home and it's all gooey and melty and whatnot. Oh, it's delicious. Um, when you uh, put it back into my toaster oven slash air fryer and you turn on the air mm-hmm. fryer function and it crisps up the bottom just a little bit yes. more. Yes. And it gets yeah. the cheap, the mozzarella on top super gooey. Yeah, oh, oh. it's so much better the second time. Chef kiss. It's like I almost like, look, I almost look forward to the leftovers at that. Point. And, and by the way, I am so a fan of cold pizza. Uh, you get me some cold Papa's pizza or Papa Murphy's or even Domino's. Like ah, I'm in heaven. Like that is that is my hangover cure to the extreme on Saturday mornings. Um, you know, like uh, Hawaiian with sausage on top. Like that. That's my like ah. Uh, I'm alive still. That that's that oh. meal. The Little Sorry, Caesars deep dish second time through the air fryer. Oh god, it's it changed my life. There's no other way to say it. So Jeff, I I, I so you like burgers and you like pizzas. Mm. Right? So there's a place, I don't know if you've been there. It's on Cascade Locks. Yes. It's a tap it's a tap house. Yes, I know the tap and house also, you're talking about. You, you know, okay, so they and I ate this thing and it was absolutely delicious yeah it's it's a giant burger but instead of buns it's two pepperoni pizzas yes so it's pepperoni pizza hamburgers with um, all the toppings and then a pepperoni pizza yeah oh my god that was so, that was amazing so around here we'll we'll, we'll probably end with this because we just hit the two hour mark around yes, here there used to be a very small chain called wow burger in fact, I think I yeah. took you to a Wow Burger one time. We did, we did, and yeah. they were good. I really liked them. Yes, phenomenal. Um, they ended around 2019 when yeah. the parent company literally went bankrupt overnight and just put chains over the front of the doors. So employees mm-hmm. showed up to work on Tuesday morning and uh, couldn't get in. It was kind of a sad time. It was because uh, it was a phenomenal place. They it had was good burger, amazing yeah. burgers, and well-priced, like less than you would pay at Red Robin for like half pound, like teriyaki burgers with spam and pineapple mm-hmm. and, and a rancher burger with like an over easy egg on top. And like, Oh, so good. Um, uh, anyway, uh, this last year we finally decided to go in with, with a family friend of ours. They raise cows and we got a half a cow and oh, yes, most of the cow we turned into hamburger because we eat a lot of hamburger around here. Uh, whether it's spaghetti or whether it's meatloaf or whether it's whatever else. Uh, mm-hmm. We also do burgers and I've got a Traeger. And so mm-hmm. what, I'm about to, yes. what I'm about to tell you will change your life. Okay? okay. Instead of getting the regular grocery store, Walmart, Safeway, whatever, sesame mm-hmm. seed, flat buns. Like mm-hmm. You all know the buns that you get at every barbecue you've ever been to. Oh, yeah. Go and get a Franz bagel. Mm. Go get a bagel. 
toast the bagel and mm -hmm. put a Traeger burger on that. Mm. It will change your See, life. I, I've been I've been avoiding like the last couple of burgers we made at home. We don't get the store bought buns. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, we, we, they're store bought, but we don't get the, the typical ones, not the like 99 cents friends or whatever. Mm -hmm. We'll get the pretzel buns. The pretzel buns are excellent. Excellent burger buns. Those are so good. I have not tried a bagel, but yeah. I would like to try one. Just go, fact, grab, go, go grab like your standard like Franz bagel. No, like, no, no, no. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to I'm going to get a cheese jalapeno bagel. I'm going to use that. <laughs> Ooh. My burger cuz that sounds amazing to me right now. Yeah. Uh, and you know how you know how I do my burgers. Um mm -hmm. so I I do. I, do, I do the Traeger smoked burger. Usually it's a quarter Ooh. or a third pound depending on how many we're making. Um I will do the bagel for the bun, toast it. Uh you do one strip of bacon, snap it in mm -hmm. half, put it crisscross so you got one yeah. piece of bacon on it. Um mm -hmm. not overbearing, but it's there. Uh ranch and sweet baby rays and lettuce and onion that is my ideal burger now the, the ranch the ranch ranch powder in the in the burger or nope in uh, the in no the, uh uh just on top just take a okay. little bit of ranch and just a dollop of ranch on top and a little dollop, dollop of barbecue sauce on top we we, we had this discussion on, on the discord about ranch particularly how i i do not like i mean i like i like ranch but i don't yeah. like the bottled ranch because real ranch once you very have real homemade ranch right. oh it's it's amazing yes. because you have to put fresh buttermilk and and sour cream and stuff in there all that fresh dairy they have to make all the dairy they put in that shelf stable and all yeah. those preservatives and ingredients it just changes the flavor of it and i just i just i can't you are right it is very drastically different from homemade ranch um yeah. which is like sour cream based and and whatnot mm -hmm. it is completely different um you can use either but the 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 tangy ranch with the the like uh we use sweet baby rays for barbecue mm -hmm. sauce um mm -hmm. the yeah and and not a lot of each like you don't need to like yeah. it's not oozing out literally just like a quarter size dollop and then you kind of just spread it over the top and then you do that again with the barbecue sauce and mm. uh and that with your regular burger toppings you got your lettuce your onion your peppers your whatever else and yeah. uh uh novella hub chimes in with a fried egg too oh you better believe it oh, if i'm yeah, feeling God, feeling fried adventurous burger. oh fried egg on a burger oh. is amazing yeah i, I it's, it's blown me away i still remember i was on a business trip to texas and uh uh, we were happy having burgers there. It was a, and I and I asked them about putting a fried egg on a burger, and they thought it was weird. They're like, no, 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 you have to try this. You have to try this. It's the best and thing ever. It's the best thing. And the and the guy was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. I'm a, I'm an adventurous eater. Mm -hmm. The guy like about a month later like emailed me and he's like, Steve, I gotta tell you, I went back. <laughs> and we did a we did a home barbecue and I put a fried egg on my burger and everybody thought it was weird, but man, was it great and everybody loved it. It was the best thing ever. It's like really I thought everybody liked fried eggs on burgers. Right. It's like just, I thought it was so a good. regular thing and apparently it's I this very too. niche thing. <laughs> I thought, I yeah, I'm like, dude, fried eggs on burgers are amazing. Right. Like you obviously haven't experimented with burger craft if you've never had a fried egg on a burger. Like mm -hmm. But but like I said, I'm I'm very much a burger lover. Like 
Like hot dogs, oh, yeah. yeah, I can take them or leave them. Ribs, I like a good rack, but they're not my favorite. Oh. Brisket, mm, it's it's delicious, but you get me the best barbecue burger that's out there, mm-hmm. or you Traeger smoke mm-hmm. one, and I get to make it exactly the way I want. Oh, nothing so touches it. Nothing. Absolutely. Maybe try. Oh, we got one. Maybe one try. quick super chat here. Alice with two dollars. Uh, would you try Kopi Luwak coffee? Uh, sure. I actually don't that, know what is that, that is. Is that the is that the uh, the poop coffee? The 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 meerkat or not meerkat? Some kind of like uh, marsupial coffee where they they poop out the. Um, uh, I think that's what it is. Where they where they partially they, digested they... cherries. Yes, that's right. Yes, I would try it. I would totally try it. Why not? I mean, I don't I like no pickles, so that. as long as the marsupials hadn't eaten pickles lately, I'm probably game. <laughs> it's a pickled coffee. Pickled in some animal's gut. But yeah. yeah. No, I would totally try it. <laughs> I mean, just for the novelty of it. Absolutely. And on that note, I think that's going to do it for us here on episode 249 of Talking Heads. Sounds like Jeff will start a third channel for food. Uh, No, that's the fourth (laughs) channel after my car channel. Uh, If uh, if (laughs) that ever works out. Anyway. If you like this video, make sure to hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to Craft Extra and get clips of this episode direct to your notifications every single day. Uh, Join us every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. 6 p.m. Pacific time. Excuse me, I almost said the the wrong time. 6 p.m. Pacific time. The old time. Not the new time. New time. time. 6 p.m. Pacific every Wednesday night at 8 (laughs) p.m. That that script is so ingrained. I literally corrected myself to uncorrect myself. Join us every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news. As always, I'm Jeff. He's Steve. (laughs) I'm Steve. And some food. We'll make you hungry at the worst possible hour on every continent, guaranteed. And as always, we'll see you next Wednesday. See you guys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, everyone.